Welcome to the Sales Made Simple podcast. It's for women just like you who want to make more money and grow a business that allows you to create an awesome life for you and your family. Money won't buy happiness, but it sure does help. I've spent 15 years working in sales and I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. So each week I'll break down all the strategies that you need so that you can attract your ideal client with ease, be booked out with paying clients and make consistent sales each month without a hint of sleaze, desperation or being the slightest bit pushy. Sales really is simple when you know how and I promise you, if you implement what I teach each week, you'll end up loving sales. So let's dive straight in, let's overcome your fears and let's learn just how simple selling really is. Today I'm talking all about why I left the corporate world and why I can never, ever go back. So this year is my 10th year in business, which I can I can hardly believe that it's been 10 years. It's 10 years since I've, had, I've basically had a, a proper job. Um, no, of course, running your business is a proper job. Um, but yeah, 10 years since I've had a boss, which is absolutely crazy that all those years have just flown by. Um, but it does feel like yesterday. It does feel like yesterday that I was in the corporate world slogging my guts out. Um, you know, somebody else telling me what time I had to be in, what time I could leave, what time I could take my lunch, how long I could take my lunch for, um, pointless review meetings, pointless meetings in general. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since uh, since those days. Um, but in all seriousness, I, 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 I've got a purpose to, to this podcast. Um, I use a lot of this, uh, the reasons that I left my corporate job in the corporate world. I use a lot of this for fuel and motivation because running your business, you know, having my own business is the best thing that I've ever done. Um, like I say, I, cu- I couldn't go back to the corporate world now, but, um, you know, there's times even now when you think, oh God, is it worth it? And I, you know, should I give up? And, you know, you just have those little fleeting moments where you question like, can I really do this? Can I, like, I'm supposed to be a grown up. Like, I don't feel like I'm in a grown up world running my own business. And those days when you get a, an attack of the jitters, you know, call it a attack of the jitters, you know, right before I launch anything, I have loads of imposter syndrome and, you know, I worry, can I do these things and am I good enough and will anybody sign up and will I make any money? And it doesn't matter what I am selling, what I'm doing. I always get that voice in in my head, you know, and now I, I know exactly how to manage that voice so it doesn't derail me. And one of the ways that I manage that is by, you know, remembering all of the reasons why I left the corporate world in the first place. You know, and if I if I think back to, I suppose over time, I'd, it was like these little micro things that happened throughout my career and, and maybe yours as well, that just kind of put me off working in the corporate world and, and, and putting me off working for a boss. And one of the earliest thing, earliest memories I've got is um, like my first proper job, um, which was um, I was a marketing exec for this IT company in York, and it was on on this little farm, and it was lovely, lovely where it was, um, like really idyllic, and you know, lovely drive to work. Um, 
but my boss was a complete moron for want of a better word. And, um, I mean, to, to be fair to him, I had no purpose doing a marketing job back then because I had no qualifications. I'd done a module at university, one module on marketing. And I somehow managed to talk myself into the job. And at the end of the interview, I kind of said, you know, have, have I got the job? And he was like, no, you haven't. You, you're not qualified for it. So I gave him another spiel of why I was qualified. And he went, I'll tell you what, let me think about it. And um, I'm digressing a little bit here. Um, I'm making him sound great by giving giving me a chance on the job. But um, I rang him about three times afterwards. Well, you know, have you made a decision? Am I hired? And he kept saying, I'm still thinking about it. And on the third call, he's like, do you know what? Because you've been persistent, I'm going to give you a chance. So he gave me the job. Anyway, um, you know, it, it, it all worked out in the end. But um, one of the things that he said to me was, when I first started, my salary was £16,000. And I wanted a pay rise. I, I wanted £18,000. And um, I kept, there's a theme here, isn't there? I kept, I kept um, like henpecking him is probably the right word to give me a pay review. And um, he, I think he did give me a pay rise. I think he put me up to £17,000. And he said, the thing is, Helen, I remember his words. I remember his face. I remember where we were. I remember it as clear as day. And he said, the thing is, Helen, um, what you've got to remember is that you will never earn more than £17,000. Somebody with your skills, this is his words, somebody with your skills will never earn more than £17,000. So just get used to it. Well, this was like red rag to a bull. So the anger that I felt inside, and I actually didn't say anything to him. I just kind of let it go. Um, but if you've ever met me in person and uh, you know me well, you know, that what that does to me is I put a metaphorical two fingers up to them and go, okay, mate, I'll show you what I'm capable of. So anyway, um, that company went under. I call it karma. Um, so I found myself made redundant. So anyway, after then, I sent my CV to Michael Page, which was a recruitment agency. And they're quite big, well-known. You know, they're known to be one of the best. Um, and I sent the CV off hoping to get a marketing job. Anyway, the, the guy rung me up and he said, no, no I don't want to talk to you about a marketing job, but uh, what about recruitment? And and that's how I kind of fell into recruitment. It was never what I wanted to do. It was because, you know, I'd got all this debt from traveling and they were like, oh, you can earn all this commission, which, you know, I did to, to be fair to them. Um, but it was never something that set my soul on fire. And throughout, throughout my career, I just seemed to work for like toxic environments, environments where managers just kind of put you down, where they didn't really value you. Um, you know, my target when I was at Michael Page, I had like this high flyers target. So if you hit this target, you won um, a trip. Every quarter there was a, a trip that you could you could win if you hit this target and it was a target for the entire organization, my sales target, right? Cause, Cause I was really good at it. I was hitting this, um, high flyers target every single quarter without fail. So they raised my target to be higher than the annual 
uh, sorry, the entire company's uh, high flyer target and really told me that I should be grateful for, for this. You know, oh, you, will you learn more money and you should be grateful. But my point being is that I've always, I always seem to have worked for organizations that have never really truly valued what I bring and what I contribute. So this really set off a series of, um, I suppose, job hunting uh, or job hopping, should I say, not job hunting, job hopping experiences. Um, so I worked for various different recruitment companies um, and changed countries quite a few times as well. Um, but I was always searching for something that I couldn't quite find in the corporate world. And I think looking back, it was probably just a, a bout of appreciation. But I I am not somebody who, you know, I don't hate authority or I don't hate being told what to do. Well, I probably do. Um, but, you know, I can work for a boss. That's not a, a problem. I can kind of fall in line and, and do with do what's kind of expected. But I just hated that idea that somebody had control over me and my time and what I was what I was doing and where I was and you know, having to know everything that I was up to and having to report everything. And, you know, if, if I didn't hit my target, which was very, very rare, you know, the, 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 the level of disappointment and feedback that you would get would just like crush your soul. And this idea about like Christmas, um, Christmas and New Year was always like a, a big thing. Who could get their holiday farming quickest? Because there would always need to be a certain number of people on the desk in case anybody called, never did, um, on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So if you didn't get your holiday farming quick enough, you were the unlucky sod who had to turn in for those days. And just this idea that you know, at this time I didn't have kids, but I knew I wanted a family. And the idea that I wouldn't be there on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or having to go back in on Boxing Day or, you know, all these like holidays, only only being allowed a certain amount of holidays each year just felt so claustrophobic and so stifling that I just, I think that's why I kept looking, I kept moving jobs and countries with the hope that I would find what I was looking for. And of course, I didn't realise at the time, but running my own business and having that freedom was what I was looking for. And now don't get me wrong. I got some amazing experience from all of my time in recruitment and in the corporate world because it taught me all the fundamentals about sales and building relationships and you know, bringing people into your world and converting them into clients and repeat business and all of that. It was a brilliant grounding for, for all of that. And I'll, I'll be forever grateful. Um, but I could never go back, never go back. You know, I used to love all the training courses that they sent you on and all the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, building up your skills and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I do that now in my business. I make sure that I, you know, keep investing in myself because I realize how important it is. It's not just something that you should do in the corporate world. It's definitely something that you should do in your own business. Um, but there's nothing really now that would 
take me back to the corporate world. Now, in the beginning, I would often daydream about oh, how nice would it be to get like a regular salary and knowing what what our pay was each each week each month and private healthcare and bonuses and all of that you know pensions and all of that kind of stuff that feels secure until you get made redundant. Um, you know, I daydream about that in the early days, but what I've realised is, you know, now that I've got my business to the level it is now. I've got all of those perks that I had in in the corporate world, but what I've also got is that freedom over my time to do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. You know, I only only work with clients I love, doing the work that I love on the days that I want to work. So if there's um, you know, if the kids are doing something or like Henry doesn't go to nursery Monday and Fridays, so we spend the day together. If there's, um, you know, an event on at school, I don't have to, I, you know, I never miss any events at school because I can always be there. I can always manage my diary so that, you know, I don't have to miss out on these things. That would have never happened in the corporate world. You know, I used to see it all the time, you know, mums who would be really, like really heartbroken and, you know, mum guilt would be off the scale because they'd be at work and thought oh, it's sports day today or it's an assembly or something like that or not being able to get back for bedtime or having to drop the kids off really early at childminders or nursery or whatever. And none of that happens now. And all of this I use as absolute fuel on those days when I don't feel like doing stuff. So I'll be honest with you, I shall level with you. Right before um, recording this podcast, there's been a bit of family stuff happened today. Um, you know, not feeling you know, not feeling great. I'm going to gonna admit that not feeling my normal self. Um, and I thought, oh, I've got, I've got three podcasts to record. This is my first. I've got another two. And I thought, I can't be bothered. I don't feel like it. I'll wait till I'm feeling myself again. I'll, I'll do something else. I'll, I'll do some admin or something. And then I was just making a brew and I thought, what am I doing? Why am I allowing like events of today to impact me um, and impact my business and my success and, you know, the amount of people I can help and the amount of money that I can generate just because I'm having a, a bit of a bad day. You know, if I was a nurse, I, could, I couldn't do that. Could I? Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up today because I just, oh, I'm not feeling great. Not feeling hundred percent. You know, they'd go in and, and just, you know, get on with things. Not because they couldn't be bothered or they're not feeling it. They're just get on with it. And that's what we've got to do with our, our business. So it's always useful to have something, you know, in the back of your mind that kind of spurs you on. You know, if I'd have forgotten about all of those, those bad bits about my job and the things that I didn't like, you know, there was a lot to like, I'm not saying I hated working in the corporate world. You know, the people I met in the corporate world were flipping amazing. And I'm, I'm, you know, still great mates with, with so many of them. Um, but the thing that I value most, which is time and freedom, was not there. What, it, what, you know, it wasn't there. Somebody else had control over all of that. So every time I don't feel like doing something or I'm feeling a bit scared or my imposter syndrome is, is going a bit crazy and I'm about to procrastinate, then I remember, you know, what is the alternative well, the alternative is to go back to that corporate job, is to to go back to somebody else 
saying what time I've got to be in, what time I can leave and, and whether I can have Christmas off and how many holidays I can have. And that for me is, I don't want to say the ultimate failure because it's, you know, I'm not saying going back to the corporate world would be a massive failure, but for how I want my life to look, that would be a failure for me having to to go back and, and do that. So I keep it, I keep it front of mind. You know, I keep it in my memory. I keep those, those bad bits alive so that I don't have to go back to the corporate world because, you know, if we take action, we do the stuff, we record the podcasts, we do the lives, we talk about our offers, we show up, we're visible, we do the stuff in our business that we know moves us forward. Then that's how we make the money. That's how we grow our business. And that's how we have total freedom over our life. So I suppose the reason I'm recording this podcast is to inspire you to think about, you know, what is it that motivates you? What is it that is the ultimate, you know, what is the consequence? If you don't take action, what would be the ultimate consequence that you do not want to happen? Because that will keep you so motivated and keep you taking action, even on the days when you really don't feel like it. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Now, remember, sales really is simple. It might not feel like it now, but I promise you it will. So go out there, show up, be visible and share your offers with your audience because people need your solutions. They need what you're selling. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Sales Made Simple. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time for another episode.